What's good? My name is Chris Dales. This is Trapping Anonymous. Um, I'm back. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate all my listeners as usual. Uh, shout out to everybody that's been uh, keeping up with me, and following me on Instagram, Twitter, and just keeping this uh, whole movement going. You know, I really do appreciate, you know, the support that I get from everyone. Um, I'm still looking to put out some new... Uh, material for you guys I'm looking to put out Some new clothing for you guys Be on the lookout for that um, You know And just uh, Bringing y'all Which I know Trapping Anonymous to be I got a special episode For you today I think in this episode You're gonna really get Some of the insides Of being in the military Being in the service Some things that may Make you wanna be in the military And maybe some things That you probably gonna say you know, I'm going to pass on that. Um, my name is Chris Styles. This is Trapping Anonymous. It's only entertainment. Please don't get me indicted. Let's get it. What's good, bro? How you feeling? I'm doing good, man. Okay, okay. You know, I'm happy that you was able to, you know, come here and really sit down and talk to us about, you know, uh, this topic. I know a lot of people, they may have some type of allegiance to the military and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's no problem, man. I just want to um, just give people the whole inside and out of the military and uh, they don't have to just go off the marketing and how the commercials and all this other stuff make it seem, you know what I'm saying, really get true story, ins and outs, the good and the bad. Okay, so let's let's dig right, right into it, you know what I'm saying? Um, what do you think one of the big misconceptions about how the advertising for the military is and what it's actually like being inside of the military? All right, so for one, I'll say like just most average people, uh, especially people, I would say minorities, um, who may not have all, you know, a lot of money or whatever, they think you make a lot of money in the military. Yeah. So that's, that's one thing. I know, that's um, one thing that I thought. Yeah, and um, also, um, it's just a glorification of war. That's how it's uh, it's very um, it's very fake. All right, so they show all like the the glory of like you training and you know what I'm saying you come home see your family and everybody. It's all Hallmark cards, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's not like that at all. So like, okay, so like I'm sure you had some type of initiation process. I don't know if it was like pledging when I pledged a fraternity. Like, was there like a lot of brainwashing going on during then? Was there a lot of what? Brainwashing going on. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, to be honest, they have to brainwash you. They have to at least attempt to when you're in basic training because you got to remember, you're going from a civilian who, you know, you can express yourself the way you want. You can do whatever after work. A lot mm -hmm. of people, when they're at work, they still do whatever they want to do. And then you're going into an organization where it's supposed to be structured and disciplined and everyone's supposed to look alike and, you know, and so on and so forth. And um, and so it's kind of, um, you, you have to, you know what I mean? You have to at least attempt to. A lot of people so, um, I've spoken to about, like, the military, they, they actually compare it to, like, jail. Like, you know what's funny? <laughs> is uh, I was thinking about this the other day. When uh, someone who was about to get out of the army, it was like, uh, "Yeah, I'm about to get out." Or like, "How much? How, how much time you did?" You know what I'm saying? Or <laughs> I did this. Really, and it's just like little stuff like that where it you really be like, "Sounds like a bit." Yeah, it was like it's not jail. Don't wanna. I don't want to. Um, 
disrespect anybody who's been locked up or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But also when you're deployed, it kind of feels like it in the same sense too. Just a little, so I'm not trying to make it seem like I said, I'm not trying to disrespect anybody who's been locked up. I got people doing fed time, doing years. But when you're deployed, you get over there and to, um, to quote unquote do your time, um, you know what I'm saying? A lot of times you get over there and you have to start a routine. You know what I'm saying? And there's only so much you can do over there. So a lot of times dudes go over there and get big. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like get on a workout regimen. Because yeah. uh, one misconception of the military is everyone's in great shape. It's not true either. Like, so, so, um, so like, so I mean, like, like, I can elaborate on that, but. You talk about ahead. being deployed. Give me, how long have you been in the uh, service? So total, I've been in the service about, let's see, October, about roughly 11 and a half years. 11 and a half years. You, yeah. So you've been deployed how many times? Four times. What once to, what was the once to Iraq, three times to Afghanistan. You've been to Iraq? Yeah. Okay. So I can break it down to you. So I came in the Army in 2004, around, I think it was June or July. Um, did all my basic training, AIT, which is uh, training for your individual job in the Army. And then uh, I got stationed for uh, was, Texas. Sorry, not to cut you off. No, no, what, go ahead. What was your original job? What's your What's your job? So my job, I'm going to give you the title. It's going to sound all cool, but I'm going to break it down to you. So my special job title, they call it CBURN. It's an acronym. There's a lot of acronyms in the military, but it basically uh, stands for uh Chemical, biological, radiological, nuclear operation specialist. Okay, I'm not gonna lie, that does sound cool. Okay, so. It sounds cool, <laughs> by the way. Because, you know, I know a lot of people when they enter the military, they don't even know what kind of job they signing up for because not everybody is in the field with the gun, you know what I'm saying, going, yeah. you know, like the movies, okay. you know what I'm saying? Something yeah, like so I, I could break that down for you. So, you got recruiters, like, Normally, everybody's town, there's a recruiting station. You might see guys out and about, especially in high schools. So, especially when I first came in, there was two wars going on. <clears throat> so, they needed a lot of soldiers. So, they had quotas to meet. Their whole job, at, normally you do like two or three years recruiting. Like, some people end up making that their permanent job. But most of the time, people will do two or three years recruiting, and then they go off and do their job that they normally did. Right. So they have to hit these quotas. Their whole job, when you're a sergeant above, and that's all recruits are, are like sergeants or what they call NCOs, non-commissioned officers, you get it basically like a report card every year on how you do your job. So when you're a recruiter, your whole evaluation report is based off of how you recruit. Like, it's always based off of. So, right. it don't matter if you was the greatest sergeant in the world, but as soon as you get on the recruiting trail, that's what you're going to be based off, and it can either make or break your career. All right, so, like, so, I mean, the, the, the culture shock for you from going, this, you know, regular kid, you know, living mm -hmm. their, their life or whatever the case may be, to now being in Iraq and, like, the height of a war, what were some of the crazy things you saw out there? So I had um so the invasion I think happened like two thousand one or two thousand two, so that was when that is worse because that's when you going over there. There's no infrastructure. We just going over there. You know what I'm saying? You living in vehicles, maybe tents, mind you. In the summertime, by like nine o'clock, it's 120 degrees out. What? You know what I'm saying? And you, mind you, there's no infrastructure, so you can't. So you don't really have places to wash your clothes. 
You know what I'm saying? Mel is few and far in between. By the time I deployed, it was in 2006. So they had some infrastructure. Like, we lived in trailers. Um, you had a roommate. Like, where I was at in Iraq, Baghdad, mostly, you had a, you had trailers and you had a roommate in a trailer. You know what I'm saying? You can go. We had a, I think, like Taco Bell. We had, like, we had a PX, which is, like, where you go to shop for shit. Right. Um, so, and you got mail kind of regularly, if, you know, someone sent you mail. All so right, everything so was like, kind of built up. So now you, you go over there, you, mm-hmm. you, you, you're living in a, a whole different place. Yeah. What is that like day to day for you? Is it, is it like, are they like coming at y'all on some war shit? Like, is it going <laughs> down? Like, because in my mind, it's like the movies. You know what I'm saying? I'll be honest with you. All right, so... The thing you see in movies is not that they're not true, is that it's the most extreme because that's what's entertaining. So from my, this is my opinion, right? I would say 80 to 90% of the people who are deployed never go outside the wire. And and what outside the wire is they never leave the camp that we're all on. So there's a lot of people that, and I hate this, there's a lot of people that come home and they start acting like they was doing this, that, and the third, and they're not. It's no different than rappers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, plenty of plenty of people live in the hood. It doesn't mean everybody in the hood is actually you know like you was gang banging. Yeah, it was going down. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And, and to be honest, it's not most people's choice what they get to do. It depends on your job and your mission while you're out there. Okay, let you know, me ask so, you. I'm going to be straight okay. up with you. Have you ever killed someone? So I have to honestly say, if I have, I do not know that I have. So there's like what? confirmed kills. So there's like confirmed kills. And a little, all right, so like you seen uh, what was that American Sniper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was shooting. And then like, you, and like you always hear he had X amount of confirmed kills. Right. And, and and that's because you could be shooting at a motherfucker, but be moving in a vehicle, and you don't stop to see if you killed a motherfucker. Oh, right, shit. and then there's like he was a sniper. I wasn't no sniper, no shit like that. And most people aren't. But he's a sniper. He can sit there and shoot a motherfucker and actually watch the motherfucker drop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And know that okay, yeah, he killed him. So a lot of the times when I used to get into stuff, the, the times I got into stuff, it was like um, we would be escorting like officers or uh, I want to say kind of important people, and they would be going around Iraq trying to politic and have meetings with like these uh I, I, I guess you would call them like tribal leaders or village leaders and, yeah. or like other people and our whole job was to get them from point a to point b and back and back to point a it wasn't to go out and try to kick in doors right. or that's infantry infantry is like the motherfuckers that all they do is like kick in doors and look for motherfuckers and try to shoot them you okay, know what i'm saying so that's their whole job their whole job is that important people um to point a to point b so i'm guessing what happens next? So, um, so there would be, like I said, there would be times where, like, um, like I was a gunner, right? So, like, you got a Humvee, you got a driver, you got a, a, a vehicle commander, and then you have a gunner, and then you have whoever else is in the vehicle, and it used to be people we escorted. Yeah. So, our old job, I remember a lot of times I'd be a rear gunner, and my whole job was to keep motherfuckers back. And then we had this whole rules of engagement on when you could shoot people. And it got so political, it, it, it gets on your nerves because it's your, your life on the line at the end of the day. So if we had the rules of engagement that we had over there here for cops, 
niggas wouldn't be getting shot all the time because we would get in trouble. It's crazy because in the army or the military, you could kill a motherfucker that you think is a terrorist or too close to you, and you could get life for that. But a motherfucking like cop or somebody over you here could just be scared. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean life? You could go to jail for killing? Yeah, if, if you're not supposedly, if you don't follow supposedly the rules of engagement. So what? when you get to when you when you get overseas, they give you these briefings and stuff, and they're like, "These are the rules of engagement, blah blah blah." blah. And when I was a gunner, this is what it used to be. They used to call it escalation of force. They used, so we had a sign in English and then whatever the fuck language they had, and it would say, "Stay like two hundred feet back," right? Mm-hmm. It'd be on the back of your Humvee. And so when they got close, the first thing you would have to do was show. Your uh your primary weapon, which would be like your M4, or your M16, whatever, you would hold it up and tell and like wait for them to get back. You would uh you then you had like a little stop sign. <laughs> you had to hold that up and say stop, and then you would have to um do you have what they call a nerf round? It's like one of those like beanbag rounds like cops have that yeah. like knock the knock the wind out of you, mm-hmm. but it won't kill you. You had one of those. Uh, you you're supposed to shoot that if they didn't stop and then you would take your like your weapon on your vehicle which would normally be like a 50 cal machine gun okay, or a 240 so machine there's gun two, there's two things here number one y'all got more safety procedures to protect these people than we got safety procedures for cops to protect our people you know what i'm saying i just feel like that right there is bizarre you know what i'm saying yeah. that's number yeah. one number two while you're out there in the heat of action, who's thinking about all of this stuff? These are people are probably like suicide bombers out there. You you don't know who's who, you don't speak the language, like who's really following all of these procedures? I mean, it's tough, man, because um you could follow those procedures and end up dead or getting somebody else killed, but you could also like not follow them. And if someone it, it depends on Honestly, your sergeants, if they're going to have your back or not. Yeah. It really depends on that. It's just like cops, you know, yeah. if you it's go like a in a situation and you shoot somebody, if, if you're like superior officer or whatever, or your fellow cops, if they say, no, nah, that was a clean shoe, and they say, like, yo, he's reaching for something, then you're good. But, like, if you got somebody that don't, you know, and there's also, don't get me wrong now, <clears throat> there's gung-ho people in the Army who, they whole thing is they want to join the Army to kill people. They just so got that mentality. Yeah, so there was a so don't get me wrong, it's there for a reason because there's everything is put into place because something happened first. Yep. You know what I'm saying? There, there was people that used to go in the village and just shoot motherfuckers probably. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so now you got a rule of engagement, but then you gotta remember they gotta take every situation for that situation because it's not all the same. Like, you know what I mean? So when I explain this to you, it sounds ridiculous and it kinda is a lot of times. So, you know what I'm saying? So while you're transporting, somebody ambushes you? <clears throat> no, like someone gets too close to our convoy. Right. Or like we used to go outside the wire and you would just hear gunshots. You're just like when you're in the hood, you hear gunshots. Yeah. And like, so you got to be on top of you know, your P's and Q's. But also, this is what is the most scariest part about being in Iraq or Afghanistan. It's one thing to have a shootout with somebody and you're in an armored vehicle. You know what I'm saying? It's another thing when you're worried about something you can't see. Mm. So when you go outside the wire the first time, what you notice is there's trash everywhere. 
but a lot of times they'll tell you like, yo, something on the side of the road, that might be ID or EFMP, which is a, most people know what ID is, it's an improvised explosive device, or EFMP is a, what is it, um, explosive fatal projectile, it's like, IEDs on steroids like piercing through armor type shit right, right, you know right. what I'm saying so I mean as we've been to war they've upgraded our armor and stuff like that and our vests and all that stuff too um, okay so y'all would just be driving and people these things are going off like you'll hear like firefights in the like distance but you don't know like how far it is it's hard to judge that type of shit cause so alright not to get off Subject, but so like when you're when you're chilling on the camp, when I was in Iraq, we used to get hit by mortar rounds all the time. What's it called? Like mortar rounds, it's like a rocket. You know what I'm saying? What? So so what would happen is the motherfucking terrorists or whatever they'd be trying to shoot mortars into the camp. They usually have bad aim, but you'll hear them go off. But I remember one specific time, me and my homegirl were chilling by her trailer. We smoking like a black or whatever. And I just, we just hear, boom. And I swear to God, it, it sounded like it was like 100 feet away. And come to find out that shit was outside the wire. It was outside our camp. But it's hard to tell. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of vibrations and all right, that right, other right. shit going on. So we used to get hit by mortar rounds all the time to yeah. the point where it's like when you're in the hood and you hear gunshots in the in the distance and you don't think nothing of it because you're just like, yo, I'm used to hearing it. Like, it used to happen all the time when I first started deploying. Uh, talk to me about the infidelity out there. I know that it has to exist. You know what I'm saying? Because you got men that go out there, you got women that go out there, and I know a lot of people get married for the extra bump and pay. They say, like, People go to the uh, military and they be married like the next week. You know what I'm saying? So you want me to hit on the marriage stuff first or infidelity? Okay, first talk to me about the marriage. Like, what people really go okay. out there and they just be like, just sh shacking up, or do they do it just yeah. for the money, or like? Yeah. So, so when they do it for the money, they call it a contract marriage. So it'd be like, let's say you was in the army, you're not married. But you're living in the, on post in the barracks, you know what I'm saying? But you want to make some extra bread or you want to move off post. Yeah. So you get you get what's called BAH, is basic allowance for housing. So you get married, you'll get, like, depending on your rank, you'll get, like, I say here, it's probably, like, man, about 1300 a month more. And that's so you go rent or buy a house and you can pay your utilities. They're giving you 1300 extra dollars just for being married? Well, it's supposed to be for housing, but yeah, just to be married. Wow, okay. So, Makes so in, th in theory, you would want to do this. You would tell your homegirl back in New York, you'd be like, yo, get married to me, so and I'll throw you something, and you get health coverage because you're married to me. You oh. know what I'm saying? But I'm going to go ahead and make me an extra little bit of bread, and I can move on post and get my own little spot. So you don't have to be on base every day waking up on, on the base? On base, and then people can go in your room and check your room whenever they want stuff you go get your own place and they can't do none of that and then while you're deployed you're just banking that you put your stuff in storage and you're just banking all that money okay so what okay now what about the people that are actually you know in love uh, <laughs> you know they, they they found they found their counterpart their soulmate now they deployed for two or three years What's well, up? so they're not you only deploy like a year okay normally all right, um, but, okay, <laughs> so this is funny. A lot of times you get brand new privates and they're normally young as shit. They come here, they meet the first chick that winks at them, and they marry them. Mm -hmm. 
because they never was cool before. Um, it's just like, like I said, you can always equate this like rappers. Yeah. You get a little bit of bread or whatever, and you you looking like a meal to somebody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? A lot of these places are in not great cities, so you looking like a come up to somebody, even though you might not make that much. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they so they get married and either they fuck around while they're here, but while you deploy, that shit happens all the time, dude. All the time. So but that's one thing that's not exaggerated. Why is he getting banged out? I remember in one post, they used to have this thing where if you go on post, if if the mop is on the uh, the porch, that means my man is in the field or he's deployed, you can come get some. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> this is a true story, not exactly. Wait, wait, yo, say that again. So they also have on post housing for married people. So where in some places, if you if the woman puts a mop out on the porch, that means my man is in the field or he's deployed, you can come get something. What? And yes. they just giving it up like that? Yes, or you just got tricks that just go out and just do whatever, you know? Okay, you, know, you see, so. nah, uh-uh. My girl, couldn't, my girl couldn't be getting no deployed talking about she doing it for us. And then I found out you got a mop outside the crib. I'm going to have to come and mop you upside the head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and trust me, there's a lot of... Um, like domestic violence when people come back from deployments too. So oh yeah, I because don't know. Of, just of for like all that. my listeners, I didn't really mean that I'm, I'm gonna beat women. I don't want that. No, 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 no. I don't I, want I, that yeah, to get out. But, but don't get it twisted. A lot of that happens is because of shit like that, though. So a lot of guys. So domestic, but they, I heard they take domestic violence out there very serious. Oh yeah, because um, you know, if you get a domestic violence charge, you can't carry a weapon, which means you can't do your job, which means they gotta kick your ass out. Oh, shit. Yeah, so, you know, but it's definitely, as soon as, a lot of times, as soon as a motherfucker touch down, man, they wipe getting pipe, man. Or, you know, after a while, some people are a weak, man. Like, I'm not going to act like it's easy to be a spouse of um, someone in the military that's deployed or going all the time. But yeah. some people are weak. Some people are weak, man, and what? they can't take being alone. How about you? Are you married? I'm not. I used to be married. Okay, so after you got the yeah. bag, you left her? <laughs> you funny man. After you got the money from the deployment and the bonus. Nah, you nah, nah, nah. I didn't ever get the bonus stuff. Nah, um I was a silly dude, you know what I'm saying, and I got married young, so my first deployment I was married. You know what I'm saying? But all my other deployments I wasn't married, nah. Okay. And so was you cheating on her? No, nah, I wasn't. I actually wasn't. So what happened with y'all? Um, well, like I said, we was really young. We we had no business being married anyway. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't even like an infidelity thing. It was everything else. You know what I'm saying? We Neither one of us knew how to be like husband and wife to each other. You know, she didn't really understand when I came back also what I was going through as far as just dealing with readjusting and being back in the regular world. So, I mean, um, what, we what just wasn't you, a lot. What would you say your mental health is like right now? Or, or how has it been? Has it been real up and down? Have you been suicidal? Like, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, so, um, it's definitely been up and down. I have been suicidal before, and actually, it wasn't even when I was in the Army. It was a couple years I was out of the Army. One time I did, I did attempt to commit suicide, um, but... A lot of it is just depression and anxiety and then not being able to sleep because sleep, um, 
like a lot of people don't think about it, but when you can't sleep, it affects your whole mood. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. if you already suffering from depression and then you're not able to sleep, it just it, it makes it even worse. You know what I'm saying? What, so all that happened from being deployed and stuff. What was your suicide attempt like? What did you do? Um, so I uh, I tried to take like a bunch of pills. You know what I'm saying? Um, and basically I just fucked my liver and shit up or whatever. So it ended up they had to like get all that shit out of me or whatever, put me in the hospital for, I don't know, maybe like five days or something like that yeah. or whatever. So that was the only time I ever tried that. But there's definitely been times where I just um, have thought about it. You know what I'm saying? You ever thought about doing it again? I had, I had thought about it um, like even after that, before that and after that. And what do you think drove you to that point? Um... I mean, it's a lot of stuff, man, because everybody got their own baggage before they go in. And then on top of the stuff that affects you, because I was deployed four times. So it's a lot of lonely nights over there, man. It's a lot of it's a lot of um, you just see a lot of shit and you try to brush it off like yeah. it ain't nothing. But eventually it, it you know, weighs you down. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. then you get to a dark place and then you don't know what it could set you up to where you're like, man, I just want to end this shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's definitely happened. And I mean, people, I, I usually try not to talk about it with people because I don't want to sound like I'm bitching, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Because I know people who've had it way worse. And I think but, that that's a part of the problem, right? None of us want to yeah. sound like we bitching. And it's a part of our culture that, you know, we got to man up. You know, the first thing we tell the young boys and young men is man up, son. You know what I'm saying? It's going to yeah. be all right. Like, man up. Like, you're going to be good. You know what I mean? And the thing is, the truth of the matter is we not going to be good. And sometimes we can't man up to some of these situations, you know what I'm saying? And everybody's built differently. So the things that you may have been able to endure, somebody else can't endure those things, you know what I'm saying? So I think that, you know, recognizing that it's okay to be vulnerable, you know what I'm saying? Or recognizing that it's okay to, you know, have feelings. Because as men in the black community, we can't have feelings. We got to be emotionless. And they yeah. wonder why we can't love the right way, you know? And they wonder why we don't love ourselves. And they wonder why, you know what I'm saying, we don't know how to, you know, nurture. It's because all our lives we've been telling we've been told to man up. We've been told it's gonna to be alright. We was going we've been told, you know what I'm saying, just keep pushing. And, you know, sometimes we don't get um the opportunity to reflect. But but before I get you out of here, I wanna ask you if you could go back in time are you still signing up are you going to that recruiter's office are you still signing up man honestly I don't know if I can answer that because you gotta think man that affects a whole lot of stuff all the different people I met you know what I'm saying and all the different events that happened in my life my kids being born etc so I don't know, man. I really don't know. Is you know there something you would recommend to someone else? Yeah, I, I would recommend it, but it, it depends on the situation. It, every situation is different. And like I said, this is the extreme stuff. You if know you what I'm saying? There's, there's good things about right it. Right now, if you could recommend the army to someone else, are you recommending it? Are you recommending it to your children? Oh, no, no. I already told them. But I got two daughters. I already told them, I don't want you to join the military. 
ever because I've seen how they treat women and I know, I know what it can do to you, you know what I'm saying? So. Boom. This is Trappin' Anonymous. This is Army Anonymous. My name is Chris Styles. Let's get it. This episode of Trappin' Anonymous is engineered by Bunshanya Lunsford. <laughs>